and watch this week's Devil in Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parkson, and I'm here talking all things Sulphur at Devils. Just before we start, I just want a bit of sad news, really. My dad passed away on New Year's Day. Big thanks for all your supportive messages on the Facebook and the Twitter. It means a lot. Obviously, my dad, I'm going to say he was the greatest dad in the world. I'm going to say that because it's my dad. He did everything with me. He sent me on this uh, on the, the, the Sulphur journey in the, in the North Stand with him and Molly and Cliff and David Levercoat and Banners Mike, all in the North Stand, surrounded by hundreds of away fans every week. Nice little community there for like 10 years of me of my life. Probably wouldn't be here if, if he didn't take me back in the in the sort of mid-90s. So, yeah, so I just wanted to get that. So I'll say that. Big thanks for every, all your supportive messages over the last couple of weeks. It means a lot. Uh, also joining me, we got Paul Parkin. How's your week been, mate? Building up to the season? Yeah, it's been a it's been a good week. It was my birthday last week, so uh, that was nice, nice and uh, sort of peaceful. Not too mad. Not when you get to my age, you don't you don't bother <laughs> with all that. Uh, but yeah, no, that was nice. And this week's just been yeah, it's kind of all starting to become a real again, isn't it? Start following the lads on their tour to to Portugal and, and what they've been up to, and there seems to be more and more in the press at the moment about rugby league. So it's getting there. It's getting a bit more exciting. We've had this this long off scene and it seems to have just gone on forever this year. So uh, yeah, it'd be good, be good to get back. But uh, other than that, yeah, life's life's no change since last year. Sounds strange saying that, doesn't it? But that's the last time we did a podcast. So yeah, all all very good. Yeah. What also is exciting, Parker, is the sports podcast awards. The voting closes on Sunday. So if you haven't voted for us yet, opportunity to do so. Big thanks for everyone who has voted for us so far. Getting positive feedback from the sports podcast people, asking us to send highlights and stuff. So hopefully we're in the mix come Sunday night, Parker. For all the people listening to this podcast, why should they vote for us come Sunday? I think, well, A, if you're a Salford fan, why why, why not, really? I suppose we're... we're we're trying to do what we can to, to promote the club and, and just generally talk about the club, give it airtime. And I know it's, it seems like it's just our opinion, but it's open to absolutely anyone. We, we're not we're not restricted. So, yeah, and I think from a rugby league point of view, we even in this sport, we're a small fish fighting against a lot of big fish in this competition. And rugby league itself is a small fish in a sporting pond. So to, to actually be involved in all that, it, it, I think... It, it kind of shows, I think it kind of shows the, the, the kind of level we're at and, and the effort that certainly yourself with all everything you do and all the editing and all everything else that you put into it, all the hard graft is paid, it pays off. It's just nice to get a bit of a, a bit of a pat on the back, I think, every now and then. I think it does, does your ego the world, world of good, doesn't it? But overall, just, just because you support Solfi, you support Rugby League, just give us a chance. We, like I say, we're up against the likes of Sky Sports people here and, and BBC, the big podcast huge production teams and budgets and everything else. These people are paid to do that. And we just sit here, you're in your, your study there and I'm I'm in a spare bedroom. But we do this just as we, we, we're just lads who, who do it. And maybe it's time that we, we sort of put one on the nose of the big boys, maybe. So yeah, yeah I know I've had I've had good good messages off people telling me that they've they've had a, they've voted for us, family members and people just off like Instagram and places like that. So that's that's really good. We can't just just thank you. And if no matter what happens, we're up there. We're being nominated again, like last year for for the independent podcast award as well. So it's just nice to be involved, isn't it? Really, we do this for fun, but you can get credit while while it's there, and we'll take it. Yeah, like I want to echo what Parky said there. It means the earth to us uh, just to be nominated. Really, doing what we what we love. Three lads on a laptop just talking rugby league and talking so for the devils and obviously it's amazes me every time we just people tune in and give an hour of their lives every week just to listen to me paul and parker just just go through what what's going on in the world of so for red devils yeah it's great we get the the word out there to the you know the people who aren't sort of necessarily sort of local and people who are abroad who, who use us as a, a sort of the base sort of yeah. to touch the, what's going on in, in the club. But yeah, to be nominated and just to be in this position sort of means the world to us. So if you can, please vote for us. And if you have already, thank you very much. And hopefully that'll be enough for us to to get a result on Sunday and get in the final four. Yeah, very much so. And, and oddly enough, I know 
it's easy to say and, and, and obviously you do you do the, the work you do all the the, the the sort of fetching and carrying and so on and everything but believe it or not and people probably won't but there's a little bit that goes into this at times a bit <laughs> of thinking goes on we don't just sort of it's not just ad hoc we do we do try and put some effort in but yeah it's just like you say for us it's, it's just it's just something we would do it's like being down the pub in the old days we just sadly the way life is now we don't people don't get together that much so it's a it's kind of the new social, if you like, the new mm. social event. And yeah, so fingers crossed. And if, if it doesn't go anywhere, it doesn't. That's We've lost absolutely nothing, but it'd be nice just to have a crack, wouldn't it? It would. It would, Parky. So don't forget, Sunday is the deadline. If you haven't voted for us, make sure you have done by then. So, news. So we'll start with Joe Burgess departs Parky thoughts on that obviously I called in the Rolls Royce of, of wingers class act on his day 54 appearances 23 tries good strike rate will be missed for me yeah it's disappointing We there's obviously things behind it that we, we don't know about and don't need to know about to be perfectly honest what's gone on whatever it is must have been serious enough for us to let him go because Paul Rowley's not the kind of coach that would throw a player under the bus. He's not that kind of guy. He, he looks after his players. He builds a, a bond with them. And, and for us to let a player like Joe go, who, like you've said, he's, he's class. He's, it's a big blow, but it's obviously something that's had to happen, whether it's to do with the morale of the squad. Well, other players may look upon it. And, and we, we've got to stay as one with a small squad. And one bad apple or one, one incident could change all that. And we, we can't afford that. So I trust in what Paul Rowley and the club have done. I am gutted to see him go. He was prone to the odd error. Let's let's say that. I mean, <laughs> we can't get away from the fact that he did top the error chart last year in Super League, which for a winger seems a little bit crazy, especially when you've got the likes of Daryl Olfitt knocking about. But no, a superb player. I mean, that, that try he helps up against Warrington that won us the game. And the, the amount of times he's made them breaks through the, the last few years, he is a quality winger and you don't really replace players like that. I remember when we signed him, I was like, wow, we've signed Joe Burgess. We have Joey on one side and Ken on the other and you, you're you not going to find too many better wings than that mm. knocking around and yeah he's going to be hard to replace but we're going to move on he's another he's another player that we, we, we've had for a short term we don't own these guys I wish him all the best for the future whatever happens I just hope he doesn't score against us but <laughs> bit of an odd one he's gone to, to Rovers I find that a little bit peculiar they've got Decent wingers already, Ryan All being one. And I think today I've read the chasing Tom Davies from from Catalan, who's a, who's a, an outstanding winger at England International. So a little bit confused why he would go all the way up to, to Hull, but maybe that was the only offer out there or, or the best offer for him. But yeah, it's a shame to see him go. Great, great player, game winner on his day. Um, but we'll, we'll just have to move on. Yeah, leaves is a bit short. Strike-wise, obviously, Cancio departs, Joe Burgess departs, Ethan Ryan in, uh, Neil McDonald in. Kind of like for like, really, Parky, but if we want to build a squad that's going to compete in Super League, you need to pad that squad out. Don't forget, we've lost Reese Williams as well, so our backup winger's gone as well. So I'm sure Paul Rowley will be looking at bringing someone like that in to, like I say, bump the squad up a bit. Well, that, that was going to be my point, Reese Williams. We said a few weeks ago on a podcast that it was a bit of a strange one that we let him go. He's a solid player. He didn't. He wouldn't have been on a massive amount. He was, and now it looks a little bit crazy. But I think, I mean, Neil McDonald for me is a centre. I've watched him plenty of times. I think he's a centre. I watched him at Leeds. So I think it'll be a case of maybe Dion Cross moving back to the wing, which is not a problem. He's, he's proven that he's got pace. He played wing for, for Widner, so that's fine. Ethan Ryan, like you say, he'll probably go on the other wing. So we've got experienced Super League wingers to, to come in. McDonald and Lafay in the centre. You look at that, you think that's not a bad three-quarter line. It's, it's just what's behind that now. Like you say, we're probably going to need cover. Ryan could obviously go full-back if, if we lose Ryan Braley at any point. But then who goes on the wing? It's, it's a little bit of an issue for us. But like you say, hopefully we've got somebody in mind out there. We... We might just wait for the start of the season, see what happens in the championship. I know the eighteen ninety-five cup starts this week, so maybe a few players might get a run out and catch the eye and be available to, to take the step. But we've got the, the trouble is we, we are working on limited budgets, but 
we we definitely need some cover there because losing Joe and like obviously Kenny, it's going to be the trouble is it's it's, it's the quality of them as well, isn't it? Yeah. It's not just the fact the bodies they are top class wingers. But I'm sure Paul Rowley's got some up his sleeve. He gets the best out of every player anyway. I don't, I, I, he doesn't. He generally doesn't fail with players. So we'll see what happens. We've still got a few weeks before the season starts. So yeah, we don't know what he's got in mind. He's, uh, he, he does play tricks at times, Paul Rowley. So we'll, we'll see. Yeah, he does. He does play tricks at times. You're right there, Parker. Still, obviously, nobody's come in. Still need forwards for me. But like you said few more weeks wheeling and dealing before the big kickoff. Going to be a busy few weeks. I know they've been in Portugal, warm mm. weather training, pictures on all the socials, a bit of handling in the old sun. Everyone's getting some sun on the backs, full day's training. I think uh, Kurt Haggerty put some on his linking about the, the schedule which they've had to follow in the last couple of days, which was from like eight to late, long days. But yeah, that's great. Obviously, that's what pre-season's all about. It's about getting fit and being ready for the big kickoff. Yeah, that's why you go on these tours to these exotic places, if you like, or somewhere <laughs> with a bit of sun, which, yeah, we've not seen for a while. But you get the hours in. I remember Carl Harrison saying it when he used to go to Jacksonville and all that. Why? Well, the facilities are out of this world, but not just that, we can do it all day. There's no, you don't have to be in by three o'clock because it's pitch black or it's snowing or whatever. So, and for me, the main thing about this is it's the bond that they'll get. Yourself, and we've all been there. You've been away for a weekend with the lads or something like that. And you come back and you're closer to them lads, generally, unless you've had a scrap somewhere, obviously, but that's, <laughs> that's hopefully not happening. Then you've ever been, you've got stories to tell. You've got, and it's, it's something that we need going into this season because, like I said earlier, we've, we've got a small squad, so we need to be tight as a squad, work for each other, basically die for each other every week. And uh, I think this helps up with that bonding. But again, with Paul Rowley, I'm sure he got it all planned out and he knew that how to get the most out of that week to, to absolutely optimise what he can get out of them players without killing them. But, and then get them back here and they're, they're, they'll be ready now. And hopefully, because obviously we're only having one friendly as well. So this this was massive this week, this one week to to get the guys right, get them right in the head, let them talk about plans and everything else, but do it in a, a different environment. Get them away from the doom and gloom and coming out of the stadium onto the training pitch next to the the motorway and the sewage farm or whatever else. <laughs> get them somewhere nice and exotic. Let them build a bit of a bit of camaraderie and uh, and hopefully they've come back all the better for it. Yep, suntans as well all round. Yeah, uh, yeah. Not the pasty, frozen, windswept figures that we walk around in currently. So, other news, Parky. BBC get mm. Super League rights for the 2024 season. I think it's good for the profile of the sport. Obviously, we talk about wanting to build our brand nationwide. I think it helps. I think, for me... The BBC do need to do their bit. I think they need to promote the sport like they promote the Six Nations on terrestrial tele, build it up into a, a big thing, get average Joe public excited about it. If we're just going to turn up on a Saturday with 10 minutes preview before the big kickoff, there's no point for me. So the big questions need to be asked whether the BBC are going to invest into our sport emotionally as well as uh, financially. Yeah, a bit of a shame that Channel 4 have lost it. I thought their coverage was was first class. I'd say watching Channel 4's coverage was actually more entertaining and, and fulfilling for me than Sky. Mm. I thought they were they were brilliant and everything did. I mean, Adam Hills had a little bit of something because he's, he's got a bit of celebrity as well. And Helen Skelton was 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 tremendous in what she did and her knowledge of the, of the sport. I think they added something and then just the whole commentary, the whole setup around it was, was really good. And I do worry that every time I watch rugby league on, on the BBC, it still reminds me of Ray French doing it in the 80s. We don't seem to have moved on. Dave Woods is in, has always been an excellent commentator. But but then you've got Jonathan Davis, who's been in and out of the sport, but rugby league, but rugby. John Keir, it seems to be the same thing. It needed freshening up. It needs new characters. So hopefully, like you said there, they can invest into that and, and look a little bit further afield rather than just sticking a couple of northern blokes on the telly and trying to promote the sport that way. We need a change, but yeah, it's a shame for Channel 4, but hopefully the BBC, let's be honest, it's the nation's channel in that way. You can't avoid it. We're all paying for it. So <laughs> we, we might as well get the most out of it. I think it's a, I think it's a good move commercially 
I really do, because like you said, the BBC, anyone can watch it at any point. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. Um, but I think I think the thing is for the BBC now that they, they they probably will invest a little bit more and put a bit more into it because they've lost so many sports over recent years that their their kind of resume of sport, if you like, is, is dwindling. They have got the Six Nations, but I don't see much else from a match of the day. So hopefully they might they might invest a little bit more and and it can only be good for the game. Yeah, talking about good of the game and investing in the game. Uh, Super League announced. Their streaming service for 2024, Super League Plus, all 167 games this season streamed, 106 games live, 67 games on demand. Parker, thoughts on that? Obviously, we need our sport to grow. Uh, this gives opportunity uh, for people to see more games. I I put a tweet out yesterday and I got. I got quite a backlash from my opinion. And I don't mind that. That's why it's there. We, we can't all agree. I I worry about this a little bit. If if I can get... I, th- I think there's an offer as well, isn't it? If you get a, if you get a ticket from your club or whatever, you, you, you get a season ticket from your club, you can get a discount or something. But anyway, even if it's £150 for a year and you can watch all your team's games, home and away, and everybody else's games, why would you buy a season ticket to go when... The price of watching it on the telly is half price. Mm. And if you've got a family of four or five season tickets, which could cost you £1,000, but you can pay £150 and you can all sit home and watch it, I, I do worry because rugby league is a small sport and it only takes a small percentage of people to go, do you know what? I think I'll sit at home. And the stadiums are empty. Who's travelling on a Thursday night to Hull if you don't have to? Mm. But no disrespect to all, I'm not having to dig at home. I'm just saying, you finish work, you've got to get up there. Well, I can sit at home and watch it. I agree we need more more weight. I mean, it's like the exposure thing, though. The only people who are going to pay for this are rugby league fans. <laughs> We're not selling the sport to people who don't want it. If it was free, if this was free, to anybody streaming every game, whilst, again, I'm going against my own argument here, I could see the benefit of that. But find it a strange one. I feel it's a little bit shooting in the foot. I really do. I think... Possibly commercially, and I know we're going into a different generation now. I know streaming's a massive thing and so on, but but also cost. We're in hard times. People haven't got cash to do both, I don't think. Mm. Now, what do you do? For me, you can't beat being at a live game, ever. That's the very few times I've had to watch Salford on the telly. I, I've never been so frustrated in my whole life. and I don't affect anything when I'm there, so what difference does it make? But... The feeling, the atmosphere, the, the being involved with fans, the noise, everything about it. And, but I think I think we're taking that away. And, and I do worry, somebody said to me a few years about, ago about football, that eventually they won't care if you go or not, because all the money will be made mm. through TV. So the stadium's empty, it won't make a difference. That's a worry for me about rugby league, because we don't have crowds to start with. Mm. So next season, I mean, our crowds last year were, what, 5,000 average, perhaps? If we take a small hit, that could kill us financially. We ne- we can't afford that. What benefit are we getting out of this streaming service? What do we get? That's a good question. Do we question. get financially compensated for being on the teller? I don't it's... know. And that's, that's something that worries me. Overall, if we had support, if we were packing out stadiums week in, week out, like football, like the Premier League, it's not a problem. The Premier League could do this. We're rugby league. We're a very small fish, and we need to realise we need to grow first. This is this is IMG coming in with great ideas, big ideas, bold ideas that might work in Australia. You can watch all the games on NRL on their streaming service. You can do that. Rugby league's massive in Australia, mm-hmm. and it's massive over here. If you want to watch the Australian game, how many Aussies are going to bother watching us? So I see both sides, but for me. I think we've got to be very careful what we do here. Yeah. £129 a year to buy in full, £19.99 a month. If you're a season ticket holder, it's £99. It's I read on X, the league on TV, that Twitter account. The first 16 rounds are on Sky. And then after that, if you're a Sky Sports subscriber, by then Sky Sports will have its own subscription service so you won't have to 
apply to get this Super League Plus thing. That's what they said. If it's not true, don't shoot the messenger. Nothing you, nothing you read on Twitter is true, but I'm hoping that's the case for many people. But like you said, Parker, money is tight, but will it kind of make club work harder on the game day experience? Because like you said, people might just want to sit home and watch the telly, but if the actual game day experience drags you in or want to go and see him do this exciting thing on a match day, let's go to the match rather than watch it on the telly, um, it might make a few clubs sit up and think, you know what, we might just have to do a bit more than just turn up with your ticket and they'll come, don't worry. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, we all remember Lee last year, first game. Mm. Whether you, you like that kind of thing or not, it was it was fantastic and full of praise for them for that what they did that the, the dancing the fireworks and the light show and the music and if that's your experience I mean your family would go you'd love that that's that's fantastic if however you turn up like you're saying get to the game and it's just the game you're not going to draw people in my my fear is and it's not so much home fans not turning up it's the away fans yeah traveling if you don't have to travel some I mean some of the teams even the likes of Leeds the last few years, I've brought pitiful amounts considering they have 14,000 at a home game. Mm. They bring about 300 to us as a percentage. That's pathetic. If a small percentage of them sit at home and watch it, it's even worse. It's going to hit us because we need that money coming in. Because mm. ticket sales, most people who are watching Salford will probably have bought a season ticket. So you need away fans putting their hand in the pocket, buying tickets. If they're not coming, that's money gone out yeah. of the game again. And I, do, I just worry, maybe I'm just being negative, maybe I'm not seeing the full picture and I might be completely wrong. And if I am, fine, great, in fact, because it'll obviously be good for the sport. But I just worry a little bit at the moment that, especially for teams like us who have small crowds, Huddersfield, another one, if people don't bother turning up, it won't matter so much to Wigan and Leeds and Saints or whatever because they'll, they'll get their crowds anyway. But, I don't know. I do what I mean. The other one is London. It's a long way to go. An expensive trip. Well, people might go. It's on the telly. Why I'm not going. London might end up with crowds of twelve hundred. Well, that's it's not going to do anyone any favours, is it? So yeah, but we'll wait and see. But there might be more to come. They might come out with something else or, or whatever. But I'm just. I am. I know I come across a bit negative, but that's. I just worry a little bit. That's all. Yeah, I'm going to be one of them trolls on Twitter that say, can't rely on away support to prop you up for your own support. But, like you say, Parker, we'll suck it and see. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure that's what they're doing as well, IMG, uh, going into 2024 and beyond. Talking about going into 2024 and beyond, uh, club did a East Stand trial uh, mm-hmm. training session, well attended, little workout with Swinton as well. Big high five for all the fans who turned up that day. Remember, it was mm-hmm. freezing cold. Mm-hmm. 9am start. I mean, I salute you, every single one of you. I'm, I'm with you there. I <laughs> it was very little chance of me going. No, it, I mean, it was it, it was an early start, wasn't it? Never mind the weather. I mean, that's dragging me backside out of bed bad enough. Yeah, but obviously that East Stand thing. I mean, I, I sat there last season for the Uddersfield game uh, in the Cup. And it was a brilliant atmosphere and, and the view over there is good. I mean, I sit in the, in the West Stand generally now and Obviously, I, I, I was never one for sitting down, ever. But in recent years, it's become apparent that I do have to. Uh, and the view is it's fantastic from that, from that stand, that east stand. Mm. It's not too big, but it's not too small. You can get an atmosphere going. And I, I'm thinking that that might be my place for next season, if, 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 if available. Because I, I, I do like it in there. It's quite good. So it, it was good for the club to do that, to give people the choice. Because I think... If you're in the South Stand, I mean, people just go in the South Stand because it's where you stand. But I think it, it'll give you, it'll give some of them a, another idea because it's, the view is miles better than the South Stand, My, miles better. And if you get an atmosphere going in there, uh, you'd be near the away fans. It's another thing for atmosphere. So yeah, I, I, I think it's the wise thing to do. I've, I've always thought that it should be on the side anyway. I think it helps influence certain key decisions in games, but. That's that's just me thinking that way, but yeah, it's a good good thing to do, and I believe that the game itself was a good workout for for both sides. We we, we won comfortably, I believe, but yeah, it's, it it was a strange one when I heard about the, the, you know the, the little bit of competition with with Swinton being there. 
I know it was only a training session, really. But it, it probably made it. If they didn't, they probably couldn't announce that as a uh, an actual game. But they'd have done a few more bums might have gone on seats. Mm. But yeah, no, great idea. Open that stand up next year for me. Personally, I know people hate me for this, but I'd shut the south stand. But there you go. Going to say that if you can stand up in in the east stand, stand in the east stand. I know these seats, but you can stand. So yeah. stand in the east stand. Or have a section of standing in the East Stand. Create the atmosphere there. Because I've never liked this. I was in the South Stand for eight years or whatever. And I just didn't like it. Yeah. There's some... It's probably a health and safety thing that you can't stand if you're seating. I get that. For me, I like it. You're close to the action. Like you say, mm. the atmosphere when we were in against... I think it was Uddersfield on the cut was, was pretty yeah. good. We'll have to wait and see. Question is, would the club be brave enough to shut the South Stand? No. That's the big question, no. because if you put the noisy element of our support on the side, like you said, Parker, you're going to get decisions, makes the probably the stadium a bit more complete, having noise on either side, but it would be brave for our, for Paul King and, and the, 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 the people in charge to say to our South Stand, no, we're moving you. And then it'd be whether the supporters are happy to move whether, like you said, with the expense and and cost of living and all that, would that be the the straw that breaks camel back? Yeah, no, they wouldn't, and I can't see I can't see them ever doing it. And people don't like change, do they? So, no. but for me, I think the other thing is when Sky are there and every game's going to be on. Obviously, like we say now, it looks better when that stands for. You don't generally see the south stand. I mean, it's dark most of the time anyway. But mm. when you're watching on the telly, so if you see that the the East Stand is, is fairly full. People get a different impression about it. Rather than when you're watching on the telly and you see one massive stand empty, it looks rubbish. Mm. It does. It looks like nobody's bothered turning up because we're all in the West Stand or the South Stand. And, and a lot of the time, we're relying on away fans to fill that stand for us. Well, put people in there. I don't, I don't know. Uh, maybe even just open a couple of sections of it, the middle sections, and say fans can go there. The rest can stay in the South Stand if you like. I don't know, but mm. I, I'd give it a go. I'd, I'd urge anyone to give it a go. I really yeah. would. If you want, it's a, and if you want an atmosphere, I mean, you, you you should be able to create one anywhere. But people are pretty stuck in the ways when it comes to standing. I've always stood, but I, I've got no problem with it. Maybe it's, maybe it's just me getting older. Yeah. I think I started in the South Stand, then went into the no, South East Stand, West Stand, Big Stand. West Hand with my son. So, and obviously I sit in the commentary box when I'm commentating. So the standing thing for me doesn't really matter to me anymore. So possibly, obviously circumstances change now with my dad and my brother-in-law used to stand in the South Stand. Will he want to stand by himself in the South Stand now? We might be a happy medium for us to both go in the East Stand next season. You never know. Might be something that he's listening to this now. He, does, he listens to us while he's jogging. Um, he says so that'll be something for him to think about on his latest uh, marathon run I think the, I think the other thing is that we think when we're going about standing I mean we're not talking about the shed at the Willows no that was a different experience very different and I mean the view from the shed was better except when the ball went in the air because you couldn't see it but the atmosphere and everything about it was different this this is I'd, I've never felt the same in the south stand no I don't think the steps are steep enough to, to, to give it a decent view and there are times when you, you can get a, a decent-ish atmosphere but it's very, very rare for me that I think I've heard anything come out of that south stand that's remotely as good as what the shed was. Yeah. Different times though. Different times. Maybe. We were all 20 years younger. We all probably had about two or three more pints than we should have done back then. Uh, yeah. But to be fair, though, the South Stand does make some good noise. I hear them in the in the in the West Stand at times, but we are the old Salford of the Willows. We are a new Salford. Who knows what might happen, Park? It's something to something to think about, and and we'll see what happens in in the future. Talking about the future, Saturday, Parker, twenty twenty four season launch at the Trafford Centre. Jenny Brooks hosting, which will be exciting. Players from the men and the women there, skill sessions, interviews. I know the club announced a partnership with the Trafford Centre this week, week just gone, which is exciting because it is a major shopping venue in the North West. So to, for us to be part of that is exciting. 
Yeah, is it, is it 2004 in the Trafford Centre back on the yeah. shirt? Is David Gower coming? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gallo, are they all coming? Yeah. Um, yeah, no, great, great exposure. A massive place like that uh, on a Saturday, the biggest shopping day of the week. People just milling about. They'll, people will take a passing interest, whether they latch onto it or not. It, it'll be there in your face for a couple of hours or whatever. And we, we moan for years about sort of not, not publicising themselves, not pushing ourselves. We don't do enough to get out there. Well, can't get much bigger than this. Mm. I don't know how many people turn up at the Trafford Centre every Saturday, but we're talking thousands. So if only a very small percentage even bother, it'd be quite good. But uh, yeah, so no full credit to, to the club and, and getting this deal done with Trafford Centre. I think it shows, again, more more sort of progress. We need we need sponsors. We need publicity. But that's that's part of why that money was raised last year to help us get the people in place to get these things done. So it goes hand in hand. And yeah, I, I think it'd be a it should be a good day. Hopefully, the weather's not not too shabby and people can get there. So yeah, no, a great thing for the club. And it, you can't there's, there's absolutely no negatives to it, is there? No, big opportunity for the club to engage. I really hope somebody's there collecting data of people milling around. I think if if we're just going to be put on a big stage on the Orient and there's no one collecting data, you might as well stood in the car park outside mm-hmm. for me. But that's something that hopefully somebody somewhere is doing that because that's what it is. That's what, It's about gaining new supporters um, who might be interested and in, in see what's happening on the stage and, and engaging with them and, and drawing them in uh, to, the, to the, the Salford family. Obviously, very excited about it. Like you said, Sat there, Trafford Centre, Will and his mm. wife's there in it. So big spotlight on us, especially dinner time in the Orient. Everyone's eating the dinner, captive audience there. They want to watch something while they're eating. So you're there um, doing great things and, and promoting the club. Talking about partnerships as well, Parker, we, our partnership with Eccles College continues with Walking Rugby, the Learning Disability Rugby League team the physical disability rugby league team the wheelchair team as well all sort of based there mm-hmm. very exciting times in the press release the club's press release they did talk about when they do get a full academy which they're aiming for uh, in the next uh, i think it's the img bit they're hoping that the students will be able to study uh, the academy students will be a study there as well mm. which is all very exciting obviously a kind of a a uh, great thing the club have got going there. Yeah, very much so. And that's, that again, that's being out there in the community, isn't it? That's another side of the, the self-promotion in many ways. But yeah, I mean, she mentioned the walking rugby there. I, I keep threatening that I might go down, but since I found out, it's actually quite physically exhausting, so I might not bother. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's that's a good thing. But I know a lot of good work goes in there from John Blackman and the team and, and all them people who, who get it together. A lot of good work's going on. Uh, and yeah, I think I think the college thing is is key to to bringing players in as well because what you got to realise is that not every player who joins an academy is going to make Super League. It's not going to happen. They need skills. They need something. So we've got to be able to offer more than rugby league. And I know we do that anyway. But I've always thought about the, like even the uni, how we get them involved because mm. you know, we've got a great university in Salford. It's, it's top, really high ranking a, a lot of subjects. Could we do more to get people involved there? Or I don't really know how, it work, how the link works. But yeah, no, I think I think that's a great idea to, to get the academy players to be training and to be studying all under one umbrella, if you like. And I mean, the, the academy thing we spoke about a thousand times, yeah, ridiculousness. But yeah, so fingers crossed we can get that up and running and, and see where we can go from there. And that's, that's going to be the future of the club. Yeah, if you keep threatening to do walking rugby and wheelchair rugby, John Blackburn oh. and Heather will be doing shifts, stalking you, trying to get you to do one. That wheelchair rugby is not for me. <laughs> no, no, I'll watch it again and it's, it's just, it's crazy, isn't it? These yeah. people, I don't know. I think I think playing full contact open age rugby would be easier. Mm. But opportunity to play for the club? opportunity to to play a different brand of rugby very exciting seem like they have a great time down there i'm going to try and get down there to see what it's all about i'm going to not going to put a time on it but i will when i get busy opportunity just to see because obviously it'd be a good it'd be just good to see what it's like because they did a couple of the trials didn't they at the the open day which was quite exciting on the forecourt but yeah i think it's 
physical as well because you have to like sort of roll the wheelchair and keep the ball at the same time and all that smashing into each other like you see on the on the telly your fingers be be scared to death yeah that's that's my fear uh, but with the walking rugby by the way I, I think probably more of a fair weather person aren't I but as soon as the weather books up I think that'd be a nice way of of getting out and getting some just a bit of exercise meeting people and and again like we get to do this here and we get to talk about Salford it doesn't happen enough but you can go meet people who are like minded they're all Salford fans who obviously love rugby league go and have a chat with them see where it goes from there there'll be a social side to it eventually I would have thought so yeah I'd certainly urge anyone to get involved in that. It's easier for me to say and not do hmm. at the moment. But yeah, I'm certainly, that's the walking rugby thing really does, does grab me. You'll be scoring tries. Remember that Ella Rianley try against Halifax where he yeah. kind of walks away from the from, from the defender. It'd be a bit like that for you. You'd be trying to get in scoring tries like that. I think he clobbers him at the end though, doesn't he as well? <laughs> so Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, he piled on. Uh, I'm not sure about that. I'm not, <laughs> definitely not sure about that. And I certainly wouldn't be doing a mountain of fire. Oh. So, but yeah, no, it should be good fun. So I'll I'll try and get down. I'll just urge everybody else to think about it. Yeah, uh, other great things in the community the club are doing: getting tickets for young and disadvantaged individuals in the area to help them get a bit of sulfur in, in them like the obviously uh, suffering hard times and the club doing their bit in the community to to help. Them. Well, th- this is the thing: we are a community club. We are run by the fans, if you like. And I mean, last last season sort of showed that the way everybody sort of rallied round, handed the money over. So it's, it's the club, I've, you know, I've got to do something, we've got to give back. But there are, we are in a, I mean, we're in a, a terrible time as a country, but Salford in general has, has high levels of poverty and, and a lot of people out there struggling. And we can do, as a club, anything that can lift people, give them a chance or just put a smile on somebody's face. That's that's the club doing what they can, and that's what they should be doing. That's part of of who we are. I know I watched the the, the Salford City documentary thing a few weeks ago. I watched that back, and I noticed at Christmas they were going out giving presents out in various areas, not just in Salford, but around areas and things like that to to people who they felt who were struggling and things like that. Do make a difference. They really do, and it's they're, they're the kind of things that aren't for getting back. It's just giving. It's, it's about who we are as a club. So yeah, that's that, that's that's good, and it? it'd be nice if we could open that out. I think I don't know, homeless charities and that kind of thing, and try and get 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 people feeling that this is their club, part of their community. Because we said it before, it's not just it's not it's not just that side of it. It's people from different backgrounds, and we've got to attract everybody. We've got to engage with everybody, and it's very tough for the club because we've got a small staffing level, but and a very small budget to do it. But anything they can do is is excellent, and and it. It doesn't just look good, it is good. Yeah, and the club also donated some gear to the charity shop, the Lowry. So if you're down there, some good stuff there to, to pick up. Uh, talk about charity shops, I went to a charity shop this week, and this week, Parker, picked myself up a, a nice Sabutio game. Been looking for that for a, for about five years. And then suddenly walked into a shop and it was there. I was like, I got it for five quid as well, which is a bargain. So going to be uh, spending my weekends reliving my youth with my son playing at Sabutio. That's brilliant. They're, they're actually they're quite expensive these days, mm. these the vintage ones. I've seen them home on a couple of auction sites and they get good ones and they can cost you a, a, a fair few quid. So you've done well there. I was looking out for the Sabutio rugby one. Mm. Uh, I know the cricket one's out there at the moment. I'm not, not telling anyone where it is because I want <laughs> But yeah, no, you've done well there. So, But I get the rugby one as well. I try and get that because that was, that was a bit more limited. But yeah, brilliant. You've done well. Really yeah. well. Can't wait to, to to crack the box open and have a have a game. Talking about exciting things, Magic Weekend ticket offer fifty percent off for season ticket holders. Parky, obviously, you know, exciting office opportunity for season ticket holders. Obviously, they, they're talking about this being possibly one of the last Magic Weekends. So hopefully, a lot of people will turn up and watch it. Yeah, it needs a revamp, I think. And and I, I've never I've never been a massive fan of it. I did like Newcastle. I, I thought it was a fantastic venue, but now Leeds. What we're doing, what we're saying, we're not promoting the game in Leeds, are you? I think it, I think if anywhere doesn't need rugby league promoting, it's West Yorkshire. <laughs> They're pretty sure of what the game is, but that'll be a good day. I know we've got Lee, so that'll be competitive. First up on the Sunday, so I, I, I know I'm going. I've made plans to go with me, take my nephew. We'll have a day out. I don't know who do 
out what we'll do yet. But so, yeah, because it's Leeds, it's not too far. It's, it's quite handy, I suppose. Ellen Road. But yeah, no, I, I mean, like I say, it's cheap enough. I know last year, the tickets for Newcastle, virtually give them away. And you get, mm. you're going to get three games in if you want to sit there and watch them all. It's, it is great value. And I, I, that's one thing I will say about rugby league is generally the ticketing is, is spot on. He's aimed at getting people into stadiums, uh, and that's the same with it with the Magic. So yeah, I, 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 hopefully by then we're sitting top of the league, and, and and everybody wants to go. Yeah, so that'll be exciting. Make sure you pick up your fifty percent off ticket for Magic and and support uh, the lads. Let's move on to our ladies now, Parker. Uh, their Challenge Cup group was announced. Uh, this week in our group we have Wigan, we've got Barrow and we've got Cardiff. Uh, three teams that we played, uh, I think, last season. Obviously, opportunity to try and beat them this time round. A very, a very tough group. Wigan, it doesn't matter what level you're playing at, what what gender, whatever it is, you're getting off them. And Barrow, Barrow, a really good team, really good. I think I don't know if they end up getting promoted. Did they last year? They gone back. They gone to the Super League yep. one. Now. Um, and in Cardiff, yeah, we played them last year. They were they were surprisingly really really good. But we mentioned last year that they had, they had quite a few sort of ex union players. So the game, yeah, I know it's different, but it's not alien to them. It's not like say, oh, the Cardiff no. So that that'll be that'll be interesting. I think we kick off against Wigan. Is that the first game? That'll be. I'm, I'm not, not sure. sure read that, but right. I'm not, I might be wrong. I think I've read that, but that'll be that'll be tough. But it's just good to have them back, get them get back, get our ladies back playing, and, and see what they've got to offer for this season. Yeah, the squad hasn't been announced yet. Obviously, Mike Grady is still trying to figure out who's in. But we do know through social media that we've lost a few: Louise Fellenham, Lauren Ellison, Serena Matau have all gone to Warrington, uh, and Brogan Evans has gone to Wigan. Obviously, four big players for us over the last couple of years personally I want to thank them all for the service I think they were fantastic in a red shirt but unfortunately like you say with being us being sort of demoted to the championship passage new we thought yeah it always seems to be the way doesn't we build a squad and it gets torn apart it doesn't matter what, what <laughs> level we're at no I mean the, the whole restructuring thing has, has kind of killed us a little bit there these these girls are good players and they want to play at the highest level they can and no disrespect to the teams that we've been putting the league with but We've done that. We've been there. We've beat them. We're better than that. These girls have obviously thought, well, I don't want to go through that again. I've got to this level. I want to push on. And I mean, Louise has been excellent for us. I know we spoke to her last year. And she's, I mean, she loved, she was great to talk to. She knew the game inside out. And as a, as a player and a captain, she was superb. I, we couldn't have asked for more as a first sort of captain of that, that group, that of our women's team. Brogan Evans went on to play for Wales last year. From from nowhere really, so what that she'll be a massive loss because she's a great player, really solid, tough. Uh, you don't you will find it hard to replace people like that. But again, like like the men's team with those Brody Croft and Andy Ackers and Burgess and Seal, and we have to move on. We have to recruit and go again and and put our faith in the new the new girls that come in, uh, and 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 hopefully we can do just as well. Yeah, obviously, I think we should still celebrate Louise Fellon being our first ladies captain, first Sweet. captain to win a trophy, first captain to be promoted. That sh- she should go down in history in our club, regardless of, of the departure for me. But like I said, the other ones were, were great. We wish them well. Players that have come in, we've got one, the club announced Jen Myler had come in, ex witness, forward. Saw her on Insta. A couple of clips of her running about. Looks impressive. Well, we're going to need several. I'm sure. That, I know they had trials, didn't they, not long ago. So hopefully, we've picked up a few gems from from around and about. And so many players have gone to Warrington. Well, maybe Warrington have had to lose a few players. So you don't know. They might be coming in our direction. Uh, obviously, we lost Vicky Kinney as well. Yeah. And gone on with back with Ken to to Australia. She'll be a massive loss because she was. She was so experienced and I know she's like a fitness freak. She was crazy. So a big, big loss as well. So a bit of recruiting to do, a lot, a lot of team building. But like you say, I think I think with a new coach at the helm as well and a guy who, who's got so much experience, he'll know how to do this. He'll know what he needs. And fingers crossed. And the, and the main thing for me is now we, we, we need to start recruiting local girls. We need, we need to bring this in. We, it's no good having to rely on other areas and so on. I know it's difficult, but 
we, we need to start producing our own. And hopefully in the next couple of years, we'll see that come, come to bear. Yeah. And what we do know, Parker, the ladies coming in, none of them born in January, the club have announced the birthdays. So yeah. we can get that out of the way now. So hopefully, come Saturday, big announcement at the Trafford Centre. I'm sure the club will be announcing both men and women's squads. Cross your fingers. Yeah, very much so. And hopefully, we, we look forward to covering the, the ladies' team. It's been great the last few years. And it'd be horrible to see all that hard work scrapped because of, again, by, by a restructuring. Mm. Really, for me, the, the RFL have thrown us at it again. Not going to go on, but it, a lot of hard work went in there to get that team off the ground. And then, I mean, that first year was was just unbelievable. Yeah. Going on winning the, the uh, winning the cup, grand final, and then promotion. They worked so hard to stay up last year. They did nothing wrong. Could have could have been they were in the playoffs. Could have even got promoted if things go the other way. And now you find yourself in a lower league. It's it's crazy, really. But so hopefully, wish the girls all the best that have moved on, and, and let's look forward to the new girls. Yeah, the out out of her league. Twitter handle announced that the championship, the Northern Women's Championship uh, League, will look like Bradford Bulls, Casper Tigers, Dewsbury Moor, Hull KR, Lee Leopards, Alton Redettes, us, Sheffield Eagles, and Stanley. Obviously, club haven't confirmed it, but out of her league is for me one of the best ladies rugby league Twitter handle. So if you're not following them, I'd, I'd urge you to do follow them but looking at that division park it's going to be tough obviously we lost to Lee in the Super League semi-final Alton Redettes we lost to in the grand final mm-hmm. I know they aren't the same team because I know I think I want, I want to call her Casey Naylor but I don't think she's called Casey Naylor because Casey Naylor was one of us she was like a rock and roll forward but there was a standoff called Casey who now plays for Leeds Rhinos who had a mad 10 minutes turned into Andy Farrell and beat us that day but she plays for Leeds now so we don't really know whether Alton are the same side but it will be interesting to see who we're going to be competing with in 2024 I think out of all them teams I think it's really only Lee that that we've we, we didn't beat because I know we beat Bradford last year. I remember, we was winning at Obsol. We beat yeah. Castle, Weldon Road. Mm-hmm. We've beaten the rest in, in previous times. And that Alton team, by the way, was the Leeds sort of yeah. team, if you like. A lot of Leeds first team played against us that day. That's why, thus, they couldn't go up because they weren't actually their team. They weren't their players. They belonged to Leeds. They weren't allowed to get promoted. So, yeah, that, that, I don't, that doesn't count for me. We, uh, you can't just bring in a lot of ringers when you feel like it. So yeah. um, hopefully that's changed now and they are their own team. And but I th- I'll, I'll be fairly confident with us. I think we've got a great chance of, of getting back up and hopefully challenging to get back into the Super League. And this might this might help us in a way. It gives us a full run-up like we did in the first year. It gives us that much confidence. And if you're winning more than you're losing, it, it helps and it might attract players in and, uh, and, and, and attract more people to watch. And, and then, like I say, get the, the girls the next generation interested, and then we can bring them through. Yeah, very exciting times for our ladies. Talk about exciting times. Our development academy have won two games on the spin. They beat Warrington and Wakefield Parker. Joyous scenes on the old Twitter. Everyone's thinking, I see the soft reds are rising. The future's red. Yeah, yeah, very much so. I know one of our uh, one of, one of you know, the friends and a big Salford fan, Claire, I believe her son was, was playing for us, and he's a massive red, so that... Like you said before about being out to represent your club, a passion of putting on that shirt and going out and winning. I you can't imagine that rush that you must get. So, yeah, no, brilliant. A great start, really is. There is some talent out there. I've seen it when I've watched local teams, amateur teams. There's a lot of really good kids out there and they just need that encouragement and that, that push. And it's, it's always been difficult in Salford, always, just because of the football thing and you know, there's so much else to do. We need, as a club, we need to nurture that. We make, make these links closer and bring these lads through. And hopefully when we do get an elite academy again, a lot of them will be Salford boys. We're not bringing them in from Wigan and Lee and Saints or wherever else. There are, the, the nucleus of that team will have that pride of playing for their team. Yeah, going to be exciting. Let's move on to the Supporters Trust. Don't forget, they've got the pre-season party, 2nd of Feb. 
Penderbury Social on Bolton Road. They've got a comedian. They've got a singer. They've got Andy Steele on the on the decks. Five pound a ticket. You can buy your tickets from the Dock and Dog and Partridge. Very exciting evening. Obviously, opportunity for everyone to get together before the season starts and and let their air down. Don't forget, they got the sponsor to try sponsor a try as well. Easy way to put funds into the supporters trust and also because obviously the supporters trust are up and running the away travel coaches for this season there's another coach going to leeds and um, 13 pounds pick up from the dog and the stadium contact dennis riley if you want to uh, get on the bus so lots of good exciting things happening there with the supporters trust yeah i'm going to go into the to the the, the social club to the do uh i'll be having a bit of that so if anyone wants to throw custard pies, I mean that's that's perfectly fine. I'll be there. That that'd be a good night. And again, it's nice to get together before the season starts. And a couple of days later, we play Saints in that friendly. But we can get get together and have a chat, which we don't get to do that often anymore. So that that'd be a good night. Yeah, and the away travel. I believe we're on our fourth coat mm-hmm. now to Leeds. So you never know. A bit of good news before the season starts, and it might take good numbers up there over to to Headingley that night. And uh, I mean that's. The big kickoff is always the one that gets you. It's a shame we're away again. I don't understand why we're always away, but that'll be a big night. So yeah, like you say, get in touch with Dennis or anyone else at the trust and and book your book your coach tickets and get over there and get behind the boys. Yeah. So we will finish Parky with some sad news. Uh, former skipper uh, Malcolm Alka passed away a couple of weeks ago. Three hundred sixty appearances, seventy five tries between 1998 and 2010 uh, of the Salford generation which I started watching Salford he was Mr Salford and captain fantastic uh, an absolute warrior on the field a real figurehead for our club our thoughts are with his friends and family at this time really really sad sad story yeah not sure what you can say really absolutely devastating news when it broke you just don't Things like that, you don't even don't even bear thinking about, does it? What what a player for us! What a player! Just, he gave everything for for the club. I mean, the, the, everybody knows the story of the appendix operation, and less than two weeks later, he's back out on the park leading the team around. And he had a, I remember that game; it was on Sky, and he was unbelievable that night. He was he he, he was he typified what Salford is, I think, for me, Malk. He was no frills. But he was hard work. He, he was dedication. He, he, he just gave everything he had to the club. And he was always there if we needed him. If the supporters trust at the time needed him or if the club needed him for something or whatever. He was always available and he was always always around. On the on the pitch, as a leader, as a, as a player, just a phenomenon. The, the work rate he had. I don't think he knew half the time what he was, how he was still going, how he was still standing. But... He gave yeah, he gave us everything. He had a real right through the academy. I think he was one of the I think he might have been the first academy player that signed for the club back in the day. So he's just a Salford a Salford legend. There's no I don't think there's any other way you can say it. And, and, and they like I say the amount of times he, he just put his hand up and just he played every how many games did he ever miss? Yeah. Him and Stewie Littler and Paul Light and people like that sort of trio of they made you feel something, I think. They made you feel part of something. They It was their club and your club. It, we were all together. And I, I knew Mal, I've been out with Mal a couple of times socially, not events and that kind of thing. And he was he was always really good company, really funny. Always had a, a quip about something. Yeah, like you say, he'll be, he'll be, he'll be sadly missed. And I hope, I hope he gets remembered in the right way going forward. Just don't forget about him. I think... I think he slipped off our radar a little bit in yeah. recent years. He'd gone away. We'd had troubles away from the pitch, went away from the game. And it seemed to me that his life was, was back and I was happy. He's in love again. And it just seemed things were going right. So a massive loss for, for obviously his family and his, his, his close friends. But as a club, I think we, you, don't, you don't get many Malcolm Alkers in, in your lifetime. Someone who's just so dedicated to the club and, and gave what? 10 years, 13 years, whatever it was. It doesn't happen anymore. That loyalty in sport isn't there. So I just hope that people remember him. And those who, who didn't get to see him, he was a real warrior. Mm. A real warrior. I wouldn't take a backward step of anything. And and, and let's not forget, for a, he, had, he had a bit of class about him and all. 
the three or four years there, he was he was right up there. He was just in an era of of great hookers. We we the, England probably had six or seven they could have choose, chose from, and then he, he got his chance to play for England under Carl Harrison, richly deserved. So yeah, we'll. It's a shame we're not going to get to see him around the AJ Bell or coming having a a chat with everybody and reminiscing about his time with us. But you know, I just such a sad loss. Yeah, really sad. Like you say, the memories, promotions, Reva Cup wins, four tries against Swinton in five minutes, appendix playing after his appendix thing. Like you said, just a just a warrior. And, and kind of the marker for every other player that's ever yeah. pulled on the red shirt since uh, how much heart they show. And that's probably the, the the ultimate respect that whoever whoever comes next, you look at him and say, does he want it as bad as Mal did? Mm. And, that's, and that's like a gauge, I think. Personally, didn't have chance, didn't really go out with him, I have to say. I know we came on a pod first couple of seasons when we did it, him and Paul Iton. Had a great time bantering all the way. Really, if you could track back through the episodes, you'll find it. Very enjoyable afternoon with them too. And also, because he's called, he was called Alka, he was always the first name on my mobile telephone. So you think I pocket ring you a lot, Parker. Can you imagine being called <laughs> yeah. Alka? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there were a lot of text messages saying, sorry, Mal, pocket ranged you. So yeah, really sad news. Like I said before, our, our thoughts are with his family and friends at this time. So, Parky, that's the end of this podcast. Another great show. Obviously, like I said before, please vote for us in the Sports Podcast Awards. Got till Sunday to get us over the line in, into the final four. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's exciting, exciting, isn't it? I might mm. get a phone call off you just on Sunday night saying, guess what? Shame I can't have a drink to celebrate if he does happen <laughs> No, it's been it's been great to be to be back on. We we left it a while, and all that's gone on. Obviously, your you know, dad passing away, which was sad news. And I will say, by the way, me and Paul went to to the funeral. And what a turnout! Unbelievable. Shows what a, what a lovely man he must have must have been. Because I mean, that, that church was was we were we were sat basically outside. So yeah, that's a big thing. So, but it's good to be back. Good to get into the swing of it again. Hopefully, Paul will be with us next time. We can. We, we'll, we've got a few new things. I think hopefully to throw up for the for this year and obviously the season will have started hopefully after the, the you know the saints friendly so uh, yeah it's all systems go again now it's exciting to be back yeah gonna be very exciting obviously like you say 2024 just round the corner we've gone we're in the middle of the dark days now but every day's getting brighter three weeks till kickoff or something like that leads away for Salford coaches going big following to Leeds players fit after being in Portugal working out there really exciting times yeah yeah see what happens and like you say we've got this on Saturday this this launch next week the supporters trust and then the friendly and hopefully hopefully some news of possibly one or two players coming in I mean that I think I think we'd all be happier if we could get a couple of players in just for the squad numbers and that kind of thing because there's been a lot of negativity ever since the back end of last season a lot and we we just need a little bit of a lift now, I think, going into the season. If we can, as fans, if we can just get on a high, it'll help the club. It'll lift the club. And anyone who, by the way, who's not going out and got a season ticket yet, and I'm guilty, let's go out there and get them, get the money into the club. And fingers crossed, I say we'll get some good news. Yeah. So big thanks for joining us on this Devil in the Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parkson. You can find us on our website. The Devil of the Detail SRD.com. You can find us on X at DITD SRD. You can find us on Facebook, Devil of the Detail SRD. You can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify. So, big thanks for joining us, and we'll see you soon for more Soul Fred Devil's Chat. Devil in